Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. We'll also inform you of the latest updates, practices, and news as it pertains to our district. Whether you are new to using technology in the classroom or a seasoned vet, we are here to help. joining us today i'm your host mike thomas and thank you for joining us i forgot to mention last week was our 50th episode yes we have done 50 episodes so far and some of you are hearing us for just the first time i always encourage you to go on back however you listen to podcasts whether that's through itunes stitcher spreaker iHeartRadio, spotify we're available in all of them and you can actually go back and listen to all the past podcasts if you're interested to see where we've come from and how we've gotten here and i highly suggest going back but hey we've made it to 50 episodes today is episode 51 in case you missed it there was a number of new blog posts out there on we learn on the my sps page if you did not know this yet they are all about unified classroom and different tools within unified classroom whether it is the class pages which talk about how you can use class pages to host your content however you want to for your students or the excellent assessments tool which gives you 62 plus different question types, including some awesome chemistry ones. And they even have a bank of 2,500 questions that is searchable. Yes, that is right. You no longer have to just create questions. You totally can, but there is a bank of questions available to you at any time. And it's something that is easily searchable. I advise you to go out there and check out those blog posts to learn more about those two tools as we are getting ready for our big first training on Unified Classroom. In case you missed it, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you should. I am Bearded Tech Ed Guy. And on Twitter, one of the things I learned recently was all about this conference for OneNote. Yes, a conference all about OneNote and how to use it effectively in your classroom. Taught by 30 plus experts on using OneNote. Now, if you don't know this, Microsoft is really great about using Twitter to further a lot of its educational tools. You are able to go out there and learn about how other teachers all across the world are using these tools in the classroom. OneNote is one of those examples. During this three-day online free professional development, you have the opportunity to learn from people who are using it in the classroom now and maybe even some things you did not know beforehand. So I highly encourage you to go and check it out. I will again post it in our show notes, the link to the actual site for the conference, my Twitter handle, which is Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and you should be able to find everything you need all about this conference. Now, I know for one thing, I am signed up because I want to learn how to help you guys become better at using OneNote in the classroom. And I think that it would be a great way for you to earn some PDPs and further your education on Microsoft OneNote. In case you missed it, speaking of Microsoft, 
If you did not know, we have this thing called the IT Hub, and on the IT Hub, it has all the software that is available to download for both teachers and student laptops. One of the brand new things that happened last week, or about eight days ago now, is Minecraft for Education is now available in Springfield. Yes, you can download Minecraft for Education to your computer, to your students' computers, so that you guys can continue to use that to learn how to do coding with something that the students are already familiar with. If you did not know this, Microsoft owns Minecraft. Minecraft started out as a game, but then a lot of people found educational purposes behind it. If you go out to education.microsoft.com, you'll find a whole bunch of trainings on how to use Minecraft in the classroom and how to use it effectively to teach standards-based lessons. Now, I'll include all this in the show notes today, and so hopefully you will be able to go out there and take a look. It is pretty unbelievably awesome, and I highly encourage you to look it out. Also, Microsoft EDU constantly is posting stuff onto their YouTube channel, which has a lot of things that help them with Minecraft for Education. There's even a Minecraft for Education channel out there. I suggest that you go and check them all out. There are some great tools, and I'm looking forward to hearing how you are using Minecraft for Education in the classroom when I come out and interview you. That's it for In Case You Missed It. Coming up next, Mike's ISTE Minute. Have you ever thought about how to make local history really come alive or how we can even save the stories of our grandparents and those who have lived longer lives than we have? Well, um, let me tell you about this project that I saw in the poster area at ISTE. It was called the Milton Oral History Project. So the goal of this project was to connect students and senior citizens together to find similarities and preserve history for families and communities. So this happened at Milton High School in Milton, Wisconsin, and they had their students go out and talk with senior citizens, people who are at two separate ends of the life spectrum, those who are just starting to get into their lives and those who have seen a lot of things and experienced a lot of things. And so what they decided to do was to really get that community going, they built up this oral history project where essentially they went out and they interviewed people. They interviewed senior citizens. They went out to senior citizen homes and they interviewed them to tell their stories. A lot of times I can think about when I was younger, you'd sit around a campfire and someone would tell a crazy story or those kind of things where it's like this, a life event happened and this is the story of that life event. For a long time, that's how history was passed down by generation to generation, was through oral storytelling. How to really make this a 21st century thing. So not only do we lose, not only will we not lose that history, but we can also continue to learn from it and to gain an appreciation for those who have lived longer than we have. So they went out in groups of two to three students and they would interview people. They would set up a microphone in the middle of the table. They would set up a microphone in the middle of the table and they would just talk. And a lot of times, they would talk for around 10 minutes, usually. Enough time to tell a story, not every story. But they could always go back and interview that person again and again if they have a lot of stories to tell. This project 
currently is at 80 to 90 interviewees, which is quite a bit of people that they've talked to. This all started back in 2009. If you go out to sites.google.com slash milton.k12.wi.us slash oral dash history dash project slash home, you can see that they have a whole lot of these recordings available. Some of them we are able to listen to that they have opened up to the public and some that you need permission to access them. But it's a really great way to really engage with the community that you live in and the community that some for some of these people, they've lived in Springfield, for example, all their lives. Or for them, they lived in Milton for all their lives. They have stories and history. And so this is a great way to share that history. And it allowed them to really work together and spend time learning how to just talk to people. And so this is a really great program. Um, one of the things, and kind of like a normal preparation for them, they would do interviews on Friday, so the following days to prepare. So Tuesday they would form groups, look at a lot of questions, and start making 30 to 40 questions that that group is comfortable with asking. Keep making question banks, so practice questions with teachers and learn how to do follow-up questions to show interest. That would be the Wednesday. And then Thursday, go over directions one more time and learn technology for the day so they know how to effectively record. And then Friday, they'd go off and do the interviews. And so some of these interview basics were like, welcome to the Blank History Project. My name is Blank, and we will be interviewing Blank on June 22nd, 2018. And so they would talk for like 40 to 60 minutes or 10 or however long that the people were willing to talk. And so one of the fun things that they have started to look at doing is, what if we just wanted to talk about specific years or themes? And so... Um, there's lots of ways that you can do this. And I think this would be a really great, cool thing to do with your class in helping preserve history in Springfield and preserving it around. Because Springfield, as you know, is a city of firsts, and there's just so much great history here. And so little of it is known to our students because we have not taken the time to really hear those oral stories. We might have heard it from our families, but maybe not from the whole community. And so this could be a really cool project to do with your students and one that you can continue year after year after year refining. And then we would have this amazing bank of history. That's what they're doing out in Milton, Wisconsin. I think it's a great project and I was super psyched to see the work that they were doing and they were super excited about it. So that is my ISTE Minute. Coming up next is our interview of the week. So our interview of the week was with Molly Foise of Dorman Elementary, and she works with pullouts for grades one, two, and three. She's doing amazing things in the classroom. I really can't say much more. I think you just need to listen. So here you go. My name is Molly Foise. I'm currently a teacher at Dorman Elementary. I do um, all of the grades one, two, and three special education pullout services. I have been in education for, this is my 14th year. I started at a private school for children with autism in West Springfield, and then I came here, and this is my seventh year at Dorman. If I heard that correctly, you taught seven years here and then seven years at the private school. Yes. So in your time at the private school, what kind of technology did you have the opportunity to use? So we did a lot of data entry at that school, so we did use um, 
I learned how to use Microsoft Excel really well when I was there. Um, and we also had a lot of kids that used individual communication devices um, that would speak for them. So those were actually really interesting to use and learn about, which was really cool. So how did using that kind of technology with those students, how did that really help the way that you approach teaching them? Well, those kind of things really gave the students a voice because they were using it to actually talk because they couldn't speak for themselves. Um, but it kind of helped me learn a little bit about how kids can use technology to communicate their ideas and their thoughts in the public schools as well. After that seven years there, you came here and you've been at Dorman the whole time. Mm -hmm. So what was technology like for you seven years ago here? So when I first got here, we really only used computers and at that point we had just the desktop desktop computers there were no laptops yet and since then you know we've gotten the laptops we're almost one-to-one -one with the laptops for the students we I think three or four years ago got the smart boards which have been awesome um, that's really helped integrate technology into the classrooms but it you know going from just starting here and only having computers and only using one or two programs on desktops to going to one to almost one to one with laptops and smart boards and all these other it's really been great for the kids to have that access you've always worked with kindergarten first second graders here first second third here first, second third here yeah so with using technology with those really younger grades whether it was back when you first got here with the desktops or now um, what are some of the tools that you had used when i first started we really only used one computer program with them, which was the Success Maker computer program. And they would do the math and the reading every day um, on that. And now we don't use that anymore. They, they're getting more into the, last year we did Dreambox, and now we're doing iReady and Storyist, which is great. Um, and now we have the smart boards, which allow, really allow me to do more interactive things with them on the board where they can come up and do you know activities together, touch screen, and it gets them really engaged and it really helps them learn a lot. So you mentioned Storia a moment mm -hmm. ago. Can you tell our listeners all about that? I don't think we've had anybody actually say that they've used it before. So. Storia is amazing. I love it. it um, so it's an individualized program for each student, and the teacher can actually go in and create classes and assign books to them that are on the student's independent level, or some people are actually using it for guided reading. So they're giving kids books on their instructional level and then going through with them and helping them. Um, but it's really been great for me because um, I'm able to, especially as a special ed teacher, I can go in and really individualize it for each student. So if I have a student who's reading at an independent level D, I can go in and give them a ton of different material at that level for them to do. And then, and it's really interactive too. It asks them questions about the books. It has, it's, um, they have the ability to have it read that, read it to them, and then they can follow along. So it's really, it's a great resource for the kids and for the teachers because we can really assign them what they need. Now with Storia, does it give you any sort of analytics so that you can see growth over time with students or is it more of just like if you were doing reading groups with the students, that type of stuff? Yeah, I haven't really used that um, part of it. If it, I'm not sure if it has. I know you can go in and see, they get really excited to go in and look how many minutes they've read. Mm -hmm. So you can see actually how many minutes they've been actively reading. I've never used it as any for um, data or anything like that. I use it primarily for my independent reading, um, just because it's easier for me to assign them what they, and it's more interactive that, for them. But I don't, I'm actually not sure about that. 
if it has data. So you mentioned also Dreambox, and then this year iReady. Um, I know this year has been all of like six full days of school. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know how much training you had with iReady beforehand, but can you talk about some of the differences you see between the two programs, or are they really kind of the same? Um, I haven't used iReady enough yet to really get a good idea on how it's similar to Dreambox. I know both of them, you can get data from it to see what the kids need help with and their, you know, their weaker areas and their stronger areas. Um, the kids seem to like iReady a little bit more. It seems a little bit more kid friendly um, from what just from what I've seen. But really, all we've done so far is given the diagnostic mm -hmm. test. So I'm really interested to get into it more and see what else it can be used for. Yeah, having all these half days has really made it hard <sighs> to like kind of get going into everything. That it so. has. <laughs> we'll have to check back later about your feelings about iReady versus Dreambox. Sure. Um, with being a special ed teacher, have you used some of the tools with, within Microsoft, like the Immersive Reader or Edge, or am I just lighting up with some new ideas for you? You're giving me ideas. I didn't, I didn't even know that existed. So, but I love learning about new ones because it's always great to have more to do with them. Nice. So last year, you were part of the teacher spotlight, and then there was actually a follow-up spotlight where they came in and observed the students on. What you guys did for those who didn't read it and can't go back through their emails to find all the <laughs> teacher spotlights because they're not up on anywhere else can you tell us kind of what you did with them and how they really grew from that sure so we took um a lesson the third grade team we took a lesson from the being a writer curriculum and where the kids were supposed to research an, um, an animal of their choice and then write a paper on it. So we were like, it's the end of the year, we're having fun. So we decided for the kids to work in partners um, and they had to pick an animal as a, as a group, as a partnership. They had to decide together, work together, and then they had to research the animal. So I did a lot of modeling on um, Google and having them find, you know, an appropriate website that would work well for them because um, there's a lot of, you know, the Wikipedias and things that mm -hmm. aren't. So I helped them find, you know, reliable resources. Um, and then they had to research the animal, gather information. Um, and we spent probably, I'd say, three weeks just on research. And then we decided to have them create a PowerPoint, which they had so much fun with. They taught me things. They taught each other things. I thought I was going to have to do a lot more modeling on, you know, how to add in titles and all the information and how to do animations and transitions. And I actually had one student who already knew how to do all that and did it without me modeling. And then I had that student teach the other groups how to do it. And once they figured it out, they it was amazing the stuff that they were able to actually do with them. And then they they had to present them to the class. And you know, I had some of them even add little audio where they would I brought them in another room and they would record themselves talking about the information on the slide and then they just pressed the audio. So it was really cool. They got to really play around with it. And I gave them, I was able to give them a lot more freedom than I thought I was gonna be able to. And I did not have to model as much. They knew, and they, like I said, they taught me things about different, yeah. There were even more transitions and animations than you can do, and they found them and they <laughs> figured it out. So it was really cool. They had fun. That's awesome. And thinking about what we went through for PD this year, at the beginning of the year with the differentiated learning, it sounds like that is exactly what was happening in your class last year. So that's kind of neat to even kind of 
juxtapose what happened last year to what you're starting this year with. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you're looking forward to doing with students this year? So we were learning, I'm not even sure if I'm able to utilize it, about being able to do more things in, um, in the, I think we're learning about the teams in Microsoft and how there's somewhere in there where you can actually set up a class and do things in there. I don't know if I can utilize that with my kids because I'm, I don't have a homeroom, mm -hmm. but that would be something I would want to do. I want to be able to set up my own class and assign them things on the computer that they could do. I've done that before with Discovery Education and it's, it's fun because they can go in and they can, they have their assignments all right there. So I'd love to be able to do more if I can ever get access to it. So final question, just because I don't want to keep you here longer than the school day, since we are in the middle of your school day. If you have the opportunity to stand in front of new hires in the district and present to them a piece of wisdom or just some advice that you would give them, what would that be? And again, it doesn't have to even be about technology. It could just be in general. So it's actually kind of what I've learned through the project we did last year, but letting the kids teach each other and teach you as the educator is a really great tool because kids know so much about technology it's amazing i would like i said last year i was so amazed by the things they were able to teach each other without my help at all so being open to letting the students help each other and teach you new things about about technology and also just being open in general to learning about it because there's so many things out there that we can utilize through technology and it's so engaging for the kids. So just being open to new things and letting the kids help. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for taking this time to interview with us. I know beginning of this school year has been insane with all the half days. <laughs> and so I thank you for taking time out today. Thank you for coming. Thank you again, Molly, for letting us come and talk to you. You are doing a lot of great things in the classroom with your students, especially taking advantage of the technology you have, like Storia and Discovery Ed, to do research and reading with them. A lot of the things you're doing is really great, and we just... I love hearing that how the younger students are using technology because for me being someone who taught upper elementary and has more of a keen awareness to middle and high school it's good for me me personally to see the kind of stuff that she is doing because it's always hard for me to visualize well how would a first grader do this in the classroom how would a second grader do this in the classroom how would a kindergartner use this in the classroom how would a third grader do this and so it was really great to hear that and hear all the things that she's doing with her special ed students so again, we thank you, Molly. As we begin to wrap up this week, just keep your eye out for the next We Learn Wednesdays. We also will have a number of unified classroom drop-in sessions happening. They're all out on my learning plan, so keep an eye out for those. Really highly encourage you to join us in our learning communities. One way you can always engage with the community is to go out onto Yammer. There are always questions and people willing to talk, and if you have ideas, you should share them out there. Yammer can be a really great tool for us to communicate within the district together. If you are looking at tools to communicate with others outside of the district and how to better use technology in the classroom, then I highly encourage you to join Twitter. Even though I know some people get, oh, it's Twitter. There's a lot of great stuff out there, especially when it comes to the tools that we use in the district. There's always people promoting different ways that they are 
are using them. You can always find me out on Twitter and on Instagram at BeardedTechEdGuy. I am always looking for new things to post and help to promote things that are going on within the district that way. You also have the ability to listen to this podcast anywhere, so I don't know what device you're using today, but there's also ways for you to use any other device, and I highly encourage you to go out and give us some reviews out on iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker or iHeartRadio or Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. I really encourage you to go on out there and leave us a review, leave us some comments, and let us know. If you know of people who would be great to interview, you can message us directly at DLA support at springfieldpublicschools.com. That is it for today. It has been one crazy week and it's going to continue to just get crazier as we get closer to our November kickoff for Unified Classroom. So with that being said, I am Mike Thomas and this is the SPS Digital Learning Hour. Thank you.